So to look and see people that look like you uh, achieving great things is like, oh, there is more, you know, and it proves self-esteem and it proves improves on upon self-worth, you know, because a lot of choices are made are made from the position of, you know, my life is not worth much and I'm not this is this sort of living is not much. So if I risk my life, you know, what am I really missing? But if you know, you know, how valuable human life is, you have more respect for yours and for others. Give the opportunities to like the next generation. So my goal is that, you know, uh, that the next my next generation can uh, have a better start than I had. I won't have to start so far, you know, where I come from. Welcome to Desire to Inspire Podcast. I'm Jerome. I'm a youth mentor, entrepreneur. And if you take 20% of what I say with a lot of jewels and a lot of gems dropped, you definitely make some change in your life. So, yeah, this is like one of my long lasting podcasts, you know, and I like to put stuff out that people want to get, you know, stuff they can help their own life with. And like, it's bigger than me. This is something that is a straight selfless thing. So I'm just going to let it run. I've got some nice notes in my, in my phone. It's going to run through it. Um... But I generally feel that, um, you know, like, if you don't get prepared, like, for just anything, you know, like, if you're planning to start a business, if you're planning your future, um, opportunity comes to those career. And what that really means, <clears throat> sorry, what that really means is you never know when opportunity will come. You never know when that one day will just change your whole direction. And all the stuff you planned will go in motion because you're not building from scratch. But if you believe in it's going to happen one day, you're going to build it. So, for instance, <clears throat> the foundation is just like building, 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 building. It just takes for me to, like, meet or sit down with one person and then it can go in a whole different direction. But the paperwork's there. Everything's registered. Everything's there. So, it's like a matter of just, like, whenever the money comes, I can just literally start building, start creating and doing what I need to do. So, that's just one example. But um, you always got to take your time, I feel, to be prepared so you don't miss any opportunity in life could be anything um you know will smith has an old line he's never trying to get ready stays ready right so you always kind of have to be in that mode of like building 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 to the opportunity comes could be anything money could be a partner could be a team whatever it is you need to be in that place where you're like ahead you know so um that's the main thing man success happens when opportunity meets preparation um even nipsey said that so you know that's, that's what it is, man. It's about, like, building what you're doing and then, you know, next thing you know, you've got an opportunity at your door and you're just ready for it. It's like, the best thing I can do is like an artist that works at music for so long and they get presented with a record deal and then they just they just blow because they've been doing it for years. Like, I, I believe why 50's album was so good because he had a massive run-up. Like, he had all that mixtape run. He was, you know, going so hard. But one of the things that made him you know, turn into the right direction was he was just ready. He was ready to drop an album. He was ready to drop an album from what I know, like, before his first album, but he ended up dropping it then. So, yeah, man, at the moment, it's just, like, building relationships alongside building your future. And I feel like that's, like, the main thing that I'm doing. I feel like um, just here sitting down, thinking about, okay, how can I make the next future be great? What do I need to think about for the 32-year-old Jerome, right? And I've got this long 20-year plan that I've got. Obviously, the five-year is a part of the 20, but obviously, I've got to do the five first. Um, So, right now, I'm usually on this website. It's called The Balance. It's got a lot of stuff about money on here. 
Um, and this article here is about financial planning. <clears throat> and I'll just read it for everyone that's listening. If you want to go and Google, just Google that. Obviously, it's not good to think about it, but it kind of is in the same time. Having a, a you know, having an estate plan. If no one knows what an estate plan is, it's something that's, um, let me explain it. It's basically like a will. Let's just say it's a will. But it's just your assets and all of the stuff you own and, you know, things you can pass to people and all this other stuff. So, the number one thing is to calculate your net worth. So, if you want to be able to build a good estate plan, um, that's kind of what it is. So, stuff that you own, like property, obviously, um, there's so many stuff that goes into it. But I'm going to just name just the list of the, the titles that they got here. The second one is assess your financial and family needs for your estate. So, obviously, you got to know if you're going to go to your children, if it's going to go to your partner, if it's going to go to family members. Put that in there because, end of the day, we're building something <clears throat> that's going to last for centuries. You know, inheritance, right, is probably, for certain generations, the starting point. Because people always thought they're not, well, we know we're not going to live forever. So at that point, whatever happened, they were good. You know, not depending on actively someone being alive. Like even when you go, you can still, you know, the family and, and the community, whoever you, you leave behind can still reap all the stuff that you created. Um, so the first thing is to find and hire qualified estate planning attorneys. Now this is real because... Obviously, you need to know what you're doing. You can't just jump in there and start paying all these fees and charges. You've got to know exactly what's going on to know the, the laws against it and all this other stuff and knowing about tax, about certain things. Uh, the fourth one is to determine if you need a will or re-advocate living trust. So this kind of might tie into it as well. Uh, create a plan for what happens if you become mentally incapacitated. So this is just, you know, what if, what if something happens to you? So um, here it says, create a plan for what happens after you die. And that's more or less what this is. Um, so, yeah, that's that's more or less it. I'm not going to go through every single thing. There's loads of stuff here. Um, but the main, the main thing is just creating that, that, that wealth, that building that wealth. So I feel like every young person should build credit. Learn how to save money. Learn how to spend less money. Learn how to invest money to make money. Um, I think I was saying to my friend the other day, very few people know how to get money. A lot of people are broke. Um, and people that get money, a lot of people don't know how to keep the money, right? Meaning, you know, budgeting and saving and, you know, putting down money for emergency funds, all this stuff that I've learned, right? And again, it's a discipline. Sometimes you fall off on whatever it is, but we're going back to that again because if you want to build a legacy and build an empire and build that has to come from within, right? And and unfortunately, not even unfortunately, money's part of it. You need to be money savvy. You need to have financial literacy, you know? If you can avoid debt for the next generation, I was even reading something today. It's, it's a new thing. Obviously, we've got all the generation names. They're saying any baby that's born from 2020 onwards is a gener generation Z. I mean, generation C. I've never heard of that in my life. I just see it today. <laughs> that's born after the pandemic or whatever. So, yeah, like I just looked at that and I just, obviously like the parson or my stepdad and I was just like, okay, like what am I going to leave behind? Like he left something behind. You do, you leave memories, you leave pain, you leave love, you leave loved ones, you leave assets. You know, you leave, if you had a business, you've had property, if you had even clothes, even just things like just tells a whole big story. I just remember like hearing like my stepbrother like talk about a jacket that he got. 
in um, America with his dad and like the story behind it was like so iconic. It's something that you would even wear. You would even wear it. You just you just keep it because the story was just so amazing. Just behind a one jacket. So every item has a story behind it. Even stuff now that I, I brought, I can tell you exactly where I was when I brought it, why I brought it. You know, just walking around my flat. But um, yeah, it's so so important to have these things, and obviously. We don't want to wait until um, we get sick or we die or when it's too late sometimes. Because I've, I've known a friend who actually had, a mum had a house and he, him and his sister were squabbling like over stuff because it wasn't written down and it was just a lot of problems. So if early, like even for me, like I'm 32 and I'm like, okay, in the next five years, once I start getting into some money, this is something I'll be creating, but I'm still planning ahead exactly how I will create it. Um, so yeah, this article here, I'm going to reread it today. I've got it bookmarked on my laptop. Um, and again, this is another thing that will kind of tie into creating, um, an estate plan, which is basically a will, just as a will of assets and stuff. And here is to how to create a bulletproof estate plan. So again, goes back into being a will, naming beneficiaries, people on your behalf. Um, you know, obviously knowing about taxes, because there's actually estate taxes, uh, you have to pay, um, you know, having a letter, like a uh, just yeah, a letter that says you know who gets what. Uh, draw a viable power of attorney. Up. I think I spoke about it before about the law. Um, create an advanced health health plan. Uh, organize the digital paper files. It's all like due diligence and stuff that you kind of need to do. So again, I've spoke about this so many times, and I think I'm literally, I'll be honest with you, I'm borderline. I don't think it's even borderline. I'm obsessed about creating generational wealth. That's why I put Jay-Z in the beginning. Jay-Z's kids, no, Jay-Z's grandkids are going to be good for the rest of their life. And I think part of it is having a good partner that's good with money, has their empire too. When you come together, you're essentially a power couple. You can offer more, you know. And if you're really smart, you can start partnering with other couples, other families and creating that wealth, you know. And that can that can reduce so much things, um, that you know, money problems. I think half of people's problems is money, being honest. Um, so this can avoid so much things. So obviously, both of these, both of these things is, is about creating generational wealth. And most of the time, let's be honest, if someone's left inheritance or they've passed or they left stuff down, it's always relied on one person. But who's going to be the next? Who's going to be the next? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so sad. Like I remember when my grandma died. Like. And, like, my auntie's partner was saying, oh, man, like, your grandma doesn't have nothing. Like, obviously, you have the memories, like I said, all the love and the stuff. We don't have assets to pass down. And that is, I was only young when he said that. And I just sat down and I thought, you know what? I need to leave something behind. Like, you will naturally, your life and all this stuff. But, like I said, these things are so, so, so key because it can set people up for success if they use it in the right way. Um, so, again, again, going back to the, the, the generational wealth, I think everyone should invest in the stock market. Everyone should invest in Forex. Even if you don't know about it, there's more things today to learn than you ever did. Even if you went on, right, um, Amazon, you bought a book on the beginner's guide to trading, right? I know so much people that do it. I'm not saying everyone should just start pushing their money into trading. All I know is that if you keep trading your time for money, there's always going to be a ceiling. So you need to be in a position where you have excess cash flow or, you know, um, disposable income that you can push into this. And again, most of the time, you're going to make losses, you're going to make mistakes and whatever. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It just means that you have to increase your knowledge with through experience, through making mistakes, through taking risks. And I spoke about this before. So, 
I feel everybody, like literally, even me, I'm getting to a point where I need to know what to do first and when to do it. But for me, business is it. Business is the, the key, the catalyst where I start that, be successful in that, start doing property, invest, and then that would, you know, because I feel like if you do too much at once, trying to hit a lucky draw, like a lottery ticket, it's not going to work because each of them, even business, takes a new level of knowledge and understanding to do things right. It's not easy, you know. At the end of the day, if it was easy, everyone would be millionaires of trading in the stock market. you got to know about losing. you got to know about winning. you got to know about getting addicted to the win. Um, but there's two things that I'll definitely drop, actually. Called the intelligent investor. Everyone go and get that. It's about trading. If everyone, anyone knows about trading, go and check the candlesticks uh, method. These are all beginner stuff. This is all, this is all from the time I've actually heard the word Forex and been around it. And this is it. I've never traded up my hand up and say, look, I'm never giving advice about stuff I've never done. That's one thing I'll never do. Um, and I'll say, if I haven't read a book, I haven't done something. But I would definitely know that it's definitely important. To be honest, I'm yet to even know anybody that's actually really making money off the stock market. Um, but I know that, you know, this is something whether you're investing in a company or whether you're investing in actually um, trading as a currency is actually, you know, that, that, that makes money as well. So... Again, I'm not an expert. I've never jumped on it. But I know that this is definitely something to think about when you think about the future. Everyone talks about property, investing in real estate. It's so, so key. That's like so like at the top. Because obviously, like if you think about it, I made this analogy like a couple of months ago like to my family. I was like, look, all your outgoings is these people's income, which means that when I'm paying my rent, I'm making my housing officer rich. Because imagine how much people in my building, right, there's like, five people here so all of them each paying rent off this one address they're getting five rents like do you know what i mean so that's income in itself that's like millionaires like you know money because obviously they're getting money from properties thousands all over london right electric bill i'm paying my electric bill that's their income right how much people need electric gas again going back to ownership people need to start owning um so on and so on internet bill phone bill we have to pay for these services and every time you're paying it's their income so that's where we need to kind of you know, if you even know about rich debt, poor debt, we have to get out of that kind of like assets, liabilities kind of balance, you know, in terms of like, once you get something, right, that's my gripe. My gripe is that, wow, like I got, I got a flat, I got all these expenses. It's hard to make ends meet. So my point in, in saying that is if you have a property that you can rent out, that's income. That's unactive income. Same with the um in, in invest investing in stock market because if you always trade your time for money there's only 24 hours in a day there's only so much money you can make and plus when you get to a certain level right you always you get the more you make the more tax you pay so you're never going to get out of the rat race so the main thing is to increase your knowledge get the right people around you and just just be good with money that's the first thing because because it's not about having a little bit on the side and taking mad risk without any experience and knowledge because it's just not going to work you need to take small steps and do things bit by bit um so again this is about business this is something that i love i would even read just the first line of this actually because i think it's really important family businesses have the potential for great success more than 30 percent of family-owned businesses transition to the second generation imagine being able to hand over the keys of a successful restaurant to your children so this is my thing my thing is to have something that can provide jobs, that can pay someone's bills that you created, that's yours, right? At the end of the day, business is so great because you can create your own economy and, you know, you can create your own ethos of a business or you can just, you, you're just the captain of your own ship. 
So I feel like for me, that's I just like building. I like building systems. I just love business. I genuinely love it. I love marketing. I'm looking at target audience. Like even today, we was looking at that. Like in the DT class, I was there with the year nines and I was here to like design like a bedroom, which was so key, right? And I was walking around just telling the kids like, you know, how to design the bedroom is something that you're going to do for your whole life. You're always going to, from your young to your old, you care about the design and look of your bedroom. Um, especially when you get to a teenager, you start hanging up girls in your wall and all this stuff that I've done. And I started telling them this stuff, man. Like, it's just so key that they're telling these kids about marketing and, and, and target audience. And then in the morning, it was like a graphics class of year 10s. They would design like DVD covers and who is marketed towards. And so to even to get people to think like that, because I remember I've done media studies still and they told me about headlines and cliffhangers and, you know, little things that I kind of didn't clock. And even adverts. I remember them saying like, oh, ad- every advert is selling something. And that's, that'll go to my first book drop, right? This is one of the best books. If you want to know about selling, even though it's very direct and very blunt, it's someone to really listen to. This first book is called Sell It Be Sold by Grant Cardone. It's so sick because you're either being sold or sold too. And that's a fact. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's real, right? Every time you see a billboard, every time there's a radio ad, every time it's just a TV ad, everything's selling. And you always got to buy, you always got to sell. That's just the way, where we are, right? We're all consumers, right? All consumers, even the person that's selling is a consumer, because even if they have to, you know, get a service, for instance, to sell the product to you, that's still, you know, they're still buying, right? So, Sell It Be Sold, great book with Grant Cardone, um, really good book if you want to to sell. Again, that's like a fundamental key. I feel like the two fundamental keys, above obviously work ethic and discipline, is the ability to sell and the ability to pitch, which is kind of ties into selling as well. So, these two things are so, so key. Um... Let me continue reading this. So, yeah, the main thing is to take out life insurance. So, this is oh, this is massive because Papoose has a mad line when he was like, um, it's people can't afford to live, so abortions rise. Like, that's Papoose one of my favorite rappers ever, yeah? And that's, that's what he says because basically what he's saying is that if you get someone pregnant by accident or something happens and you can't afford the baby, that financial decision is why that baby dies. People can't afford to live, so abortions rise. That is such a mad line, man. And I always think about that as well. Like, so yeah, that's that's real. And he said it costs it even costs to die, right? Even cost it does. It costs to die. The moment you die, people people get paid. Still, you know. So you know, money is part of life. Yeah, why money is so important? Because before you're born, when your mom is pregnant. She's spending money on you and herself giving and then obviously once the people that are working there to deliver the baby in the hospital they're getting paid too you know um and then when you live throughout your whole life money has been part of it whether your parent bring you up and then now you gotta look after yourself and then after that when you get older um you know you have to spend money on you know marriage and spend money on kids and you gotta spend money on a car and all this other stuff and then when you get when you die uh that's 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 really what it hits you know because you gotta pay for everything no one can just die without money, right? So, for instance, I know because I'm going through the process now with a family member, like, you got to book the church. I've, from what I know, that's, that you have to pay for that. You have to buy suits. You have to buy flowers. You have to buy uh, the flowers that had the names on it. You have to buy coffins. cost money. Headstones cost money. Like, the bearer itself costs money. That's a whole business in itself. It costs to die. So, life insurance is key because you can settle these things because a lot of people, yeah, like, would have to fork out the money they don't have just to really feel like they're doing something to, for some, for a loved one when they go. And it's so key. So, for me, the number one key for life insurance is that it can pay for your funeral. 
right? You can pay for your funeral just in case. So that's like the money, and funerals are grands. Funerals aren't cheap. I I've even have close family members to me, right, that lost a parent, and at that time they would have no money. They, you know, there was a, either in low-level jobs or they were on benefits, and at the time they had to go and get a loan to pay for their parents' funeral. That's how deep it is. So yeah, um, number five is investing in children's education. Yeah, it's really important to you know not let your child leave university if they choose to go with with, with grands of debts they're gonna pay for essentially the rest of their life because it's a lot of money. You're talking about tuition fees, maintenance loan. They've gone up by at least. I'd even go online and see because my niece now goes to a university in um. Where did she go? I think she goes in Nottingham. All right. So let's go and let's actually Northampton. What am I talking about? Right. And I'm going to go and now just search because I went to uni like 2006, eight. So that was like, like 14, 15 years ago. So that was very, very much like a while ago. So yeah, let's go and check now. Like how much, if you was 18 years old now today, going to university, how much would it cost you to go and do a course in anything? I don't know. Like I'm just going to search because obviously every course is different. But when I went, I think it was about, I can't remember, probably about 3000 a year. So the whole course itself would be three, six, nine grand. And that's just a tuition fee. Then a maintenance loan. So the maintenance loan is extra money that you don't need. You don't really need it. But if you're poor and you're not working, or even if you're working, you know, you need to pay your, your, your bills while you're studying. It's very difficult. So I've always said that university was brought in to keep the middle class poor by keeping them into crazy amounts of debt for a job they're not going to get. Like, you know, my auntie was even telling me that people only got uni. Um, people that went to uni, obviously Oxford and Cambridge are different levels of uni, were like higher middle class, higher upper class people whose parents could afford to take kids to uni, right? For a higher education or whatever it is. So now it's like all of these, I call them entry level university courses because you can, anyone can just go to uni, let's be honest. Uh, so once you go, it's just like, like you're going to the government to give you a loan that you're gonna have to pay back for the rest of your life. So this is it. This is what I'm saying. This now, I just went onto my niece's university, it's Northampton. She just where she goes to, and this is a psychology course, right? So anyone now, they're gonna have to do three years full time, right, in this course. So one year, I'm gonna calculate this now on my phone, right? One year costs about. 900 no what are we talking about 9,250 per year right international fees are more they're more geared up for university they make more money when I say they I mean the institutions they make more money with international students I know because half my uni maybe that's exaggeration quarter of my uni was this is exaggeration but it's just at the top of my head Corona Uni was foreigners, meaning people from Europe. And then we had people that were from outside of London. That was maybe like the majority. And then had this small, tiny percentage of Londoners. So 9,250 times three, which is 27 grand, right? There's no guarantee you're going to get a job. There's definitely a guarantee you've got to pay back that 27, 20, yeah, 27,750 pounds, right? And obviously you pay that. It's not like a loan, obviously, like, like a normal loan. It's a student loan, but you're paying it to do the course, right? 
Um, and then, yeah, basically you pay it to do the course. And then, you know, after three years, you've got 27,000 over your head. The pressure to like get the job. And then when you get the job that comes at your wages in bits and bits and bits. So the whole point I'm making is that you're going to pay that plus the maintenance loan because most people need it. Um, but any advice I'd give to anybody would be what I heard from somebody, what I didn't even do, which is either two things, go to university, like if you can stay at home, do that, go to university, pay off, um, don't get the maintenance loan. And then what you do is that you stay at home and then you get a job in three years, pay off your tuition fee. So you leave uni with zero debt. That's like smart planning, right? Or number two, you get the money and invest it in something that you could reap for three years later. For instance, I heard a story where a group of five people all came together and they invested their money into property, right? Passive income. So by the time they finish uni, you can do what you want with it. So if you put that money into trading, you've put that money into real estate, again, it's about building the future. That dream they're selling you to get, if you get a degree, you get a job, it's gone. It's completely gone. This generation is thinking about uni, right? Maybe we get a few here and there, we're still on the cusp, right? But that is not the road for everybody anymore, I guarantee you, because that is like a game that cheats everyone. Like, it's not going to work. So for me, entrepreneurship is the answer because, you know, what parent can even send their kid to uni now It's of 27 grand middle class? None, right? So that's one. The next one here is teach your children about personal finance. I think that's so, so key. I thought before you have an account, learn about just bank accounts, paying bills, debts, taxes, just everything you can think of, they really need to know about it. Um, and again, all the stuff I talked about, about creating a will and estate plan, kind of the same kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's more or less it, man. Like generational wealth, it starts with self. You got to be good with money. You got to build your credit up. And you can, if you find someone, you can match that. It'll be, it'll be just so high. So that's what I could really say. I want to drop a few books uh, before I end. I've been reading The Black Appetite, White Food, which is about the race, voice, and justice within Beyond the Classroom. This is about specifically because I run it as affinity group and I've been pushed into it, <laughs> which I'm proud of, by the way, to lead these black youth in year 11 and talk about race and all this stuff. And I'm learning because I'm growing. I've never done it before in my entire life. Trust me, there's times when I'm standing there, I feel like, ah, oh, I don't know what, if I, I don't want to say something, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't want to do something and let them down. But the fact that I'm doing it is so key because I'm making history. This is black history. Like, I remember just speaking to my cousin, like, all this history about how many years ago, this is black history because we've gone far about talking about race. We weren't doing this before, right? At, at this ages anyway you know, talking about on this level so maturely. So I, I picked up the book based on that because I just Googled stuff about race and, and students and stuff. So I learned about the cycle of socialization and I'll quickly run for it today. So in about two days, I'm going to do it. It's like every every Thursday. So this is the cycle of socialization, right? And um, I watched a documentary about race as well and the kids were doing experiments about race and how they felt about it. And kids are so honest and pure that it's always good to do stuff with them because they have got no preconceived notions and fed with like years of programming they're really really innocent in terms of their opinions and approach i feel but anyway the cycle of socialization is like you are born with no guilt or shame and then obviously over time you start learning your habits and behaviors from your family your peers your teachers um and then you learn your learning is reinforced by social institutions and culture so one thing i took from the book that race is a social concept right and that people make up and and you know so all of this stuff so 
<clears throat> that's what it is. When you see someone, you identify them with what you see, which is if they're black, if they're a gender, if they're um, whatever it is, you can just see it. If they're young, if they're old, you can, it's just part of someone's identity. Um, so, yeah. And then the next part of the cycle, which is science, um, silence, sorry, acceptance of things as they are. So accepting things if they're there. Um, so how we change this, which is where we always get to. So the structure of these talks are, we have one topic led by year 11 people who runs a group. And then we write um, a mind map or what do you call it? A brainstorm about people's thoughts and opinions. And we have a discussion. Um, but obviously at the end of it, we always got to think about progress. We got to think, okay, how can we, why is this like this? What are the problems about how can we change it? And obviously it might not change in this generation, but if we're talking about it today, then in 20 years, it might, there might be some change. So the main thing is education, self-education, awareness. Um, and over time, you know, breaking people's preconceived notions and stuff like that. So again, I'm learning. I'm more, I'm probably learning more than the kids. I'll be honest with you, man. And that book, I'm reading that every day for an hour to school, every day when I come back home. Um, it's a very small read, actually. Um, but I'm going to reread it. I don't know if I told anyone how I read books. I read it once, then I read it again, take notes, and, you know, and just try and dive into the book, really, and study the book, really, just rather than just reading. Uh, the next book is called Why We Sleep, The Science of Sleep and Dreams by Matthew Walker. This is like, why I got this book is, um, i done an event actually in, um, where was it? I think it was in like Chancery Lane, yeah, in WeWork. I used to do my my meetings for young entrepreneurs in London under 35. And this guy came and he told me about, you know, like he, I don't know, is that, it's a double-edged sword. I believe it's 20,000 a day, you got to invest that time in yourself. And if you've got, four hours to sleep, then you got four hours ahead of the person next to you, right? That's how I see it. And you're not going to do it forever. So in my opinion, you've got to sacrifice that time. There's arguments. And he was that guy. He was like, look, I'm an entrepreneur, work hard, but I get my eight hours and I don't want to be risking it and sleep has so much effects and read this book. It really showed me about the effects of sleep and da 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 and all this stuff. So, you know, at the end of the day, the way towards the goal is a massive mountain, right? And this is just my opinion. And there's many sacrifices you're not going to like. There's many sacrifices that are just not good, to be honest. Let's be honest. But my thing is, it's not going to last forever. If you sacrifice five years of sleeping four hours a day to sleep, to make money in your sleep for the next 10 years, like, would you do it or not? And again, everyone has different mindsets. But for me, obviously, yes, I read the book. I wasn't ignorant. Like, I read, he was an entrepreneur, right? So I thought, okay, let me read the book. And it's a long book. I got the audio version. And it just talks about sleep, the effects of sleep, how much you have, getting up early, drinking coffee, taking sleep. I've never done it though. Taking sleeping medication, how how bad that affects you. I remember even contemplating that, like, like having like, you know, sleeping pills and stuff. But I can't, no, that can't do that to me. I feel like the body has to naturally shut down and naturally wake up. I can't do these things to my body because I don't know what's in that. The names they were saying in his sleeping medication, I could even pronounce it now. Um, another book here, because the last one, which is called Nine Things Successful People Do Differently. Um, and if I know this right, I have them all here, and I'm going to say it all nine now, just to end the podcast. Let's see. I definitely have it, though. Nine Things Successful People Do Differently. And I will pop it up now. I don't know if it's here. I don't think I've saved it, but definitely go and get that book. Um, it's definitely a really, really good book to understand 
what the Pacifics are. The one thing I would say that stands out to me that I feel is very, very key is have grit, which is, you know, stick with it. Like sticking with the problems and, and, and the failures and, and, and the doubts and all of them times where it's low, like low times. And this is the truth. There's going to be more bad times than good. But in reality, that's just what it is. You've got to learn. You've got to numb yourself to things going wrong. You've just got to keep going. You've got to like find a way to just make it happen. And having grit is just that thing of like, we just perseverance. It's perseverance. So just let's go. Like no matter what happens, you got to have that mentality of like, no matter what happens, personal or professional, sometimes personal things happen and you just feel like you can't do, but that might be a breakthrough. That might be what you needed to keep the engine going. So in my head, nothing can stop me. Right? The only thing that may stop me is death, but I feel like even then, someone's going to take something I've done, something I've done, and apply it and, and, t- and take some of the plans that I've done on and, and do something for their life. So I've already won then, you know? So yeah, I'll just leave you with this. Be your biggest believer, keep dreaming, and never give up, and always call people for help, because no man is an island, and it takes a village to raise the bar. Jerome, it's the Zai to Inspire podcast.